views and opinions on this show do not necessarily reflect the views of ESPN Tucson 1490 and 104.9 FM or the Arizona Lotus Corporation. Got car trouble? Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719-1490. All right, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Show right here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM on your radio dial, 1490 AM. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host. Along with me is my co-host, buddy, Jim Mooney, Frontier Towing. Morning again, Jim. Good morning, Jerry. Happy to have everybody back. Remember, folks, the phone number's. 520-719-1490, give us a call. Let us know what you think. You want to tell us that we're all wrong? Tell us that, too. Give us a call. Um, just run it over again real quick. Remember, I'm on the radio. It's Super Safe Saturday. That means slow down, move over, in case you're just getting up and enjoying the coffee that's going to be banned from the world. <laughs> it's Super Safe Saturday. <laughs> um, slow down, move over. Uh, use your jack stands and your hood props. Disconnect your battery and wear some safety glasses. And you're working on your cars, so won't go over that too much more. But yeah, if you're if you're if the Jerry said in the first hour they're going to ban coffee on around the world, so I don't know what the Juan Valdez will do out there in in Colombia. I don't know how he's going to hand take his coffee beans anymore, but I imagine he'll still have, have a to, job. What do you th- What do you think, Jerry? <laughs> We don't have to worry about Juan Valdez. We have to worry about the millions of people who drink coffee early in the morning. That's how they start their day. They get that caffeine hit, and then they're up and rolling. I can't even imagine what it would be like if you didn't have that, especially until everyone got used to not having it. There's a lot of non-coffee drinkers out there that do fine. And But I, I know more people who have to have that cup of coffee in the morning to wake up just to survive. They call it plasma, and uh, it's it just, I, I can't, oh, I don't want to even be on the road, buddy. I don't want to be on the road during the adjustment period. <laughs> but good luck with, uh, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get rid of the coffee. Yeah, good luck with that. Good luck. I just remember the war on drugs. How long has the war on drugs been going on in the U.S. of A., and how many billions of dollars have been invested on just drugs and it's worse now than it's ever been so you know how's that working out you going to ban the coffee yeah good luck with that you know that that just uh that just means that the price of coffee would go up because these little countries that that make their that's part of their national income is coffee manufacturing coffee beans and stuff like that no you're not going to take that from them you're not going to take it so you know whoever suggested that I think somebody was just after more money from the government to do serve. Uh, of course, they're always checking stuff, but ban coffee? Holy cow. I can't even imagine that. But I'm not going to worry about it because I probably won't be around by the time they get through hashing this one out. You're uh, talking about great. electric vehicles. They haven't seen nothing until they start taking the Americans' coffee away from them. <laughs> that, that You've got to admit it would be fun rage. to listen to. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, there would be, be some road serious rage. road rage, <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't know what Starbucks would do. I think they'd have an immediate, uh, you know, um, there would be a law put in place. I think Starbucks would lobby for a law that she couldn't ban coffee. So, um, yeah, that'd be a tough one. I don't, the, uh, I don't know how you could pull that off. 
Well, I don't know either. You know, that's the reason I'm not a politician. I wouldn't make a very good politician. I don't like to lie. And, um, <laughs> you know, I don't like to go ahead and just twist people, push the point of breaking. So, and I think that taking their coffee away is something as simple as just taking coffee away. You can't, oh, I'm sorry, Jerry, you can't go get your cup of coffee. Uh, you can't, uh, no, I, I just don't want to go there anymore. Anyway, uh, I, I mentioned before in the first hour, the hot topics in the automotive repair industry is uh, electronic diagnosis and repairs and complete abandonment of maintenance programs both basic and preventive. When I call Parker Automotive and I ask them, I said, what do you recommend people do? A little bit of maintenance all, t- all time will save you the big expense. Most of the time, you will have a vehicle that will go 225,000 miles, 250,000 miles, but you're not going to be able to do it unless you maintain that vehicle, both basic, which is your oil changes, your liquid changes in the vehicle, uh, including your brake fluid. All the, if it's liquid and it goes in a vehicle, it needs to be changed. You can pick up uh, – owner's manuals have a lot of time intervals in there, uh, and you can, you'll have to come up with what fits your situation. If you drive a car 4,000 miles a year, do you drive a car 24,000 miles a year? You're going to have a different schedule. You can't go by, uh, okay, well, once a year, I'm going to do this. Okay, once a year, I'm going to, I'm going to change my brake fluid. If you drive 24,000 miles in that first year, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be close. The manufacturers recommend that you do it at least on a two year base. Just change the brake fluid, get it flushed out properly at two years. Cause ABS braking, the valves in that and the computer handling it, it operates on milliseconds based on clean fluid. It operates on milliseconds. Well, if you don't bother changing your brake fluid and you have an ABS system and all of a sudden you hit your brakes, so, well, it didn't operate like it's supposed to. Well, uh, how dirty is your brake fluid? Okay, that's the theory behind that. And that's also the facts behind that. If you've got heavy brake fluid and you're firing a valve in a millisecond to get that thing activated, uh, a millisecond is not a full second. It's not a full 1,000. It's not that time. It's one, and then it's already fired off. If you don't have that, uh, then it affects the braking. That's the reason it's your responsibility. You're driving the vehicle. You know how long it's been gone before you do that. And I know that we'll get a new vehicle and we'll drive that son of a gun about two years, three years. And, you know, and then it's time to get the brake fluid based on the amount of mileage and stuff that you drive. If you don't drive the car, the brake fluid sets in there, it's still just collecting stuff and it's doing its job. It's taking care of the moisture and uh, and lubing the parts and keeping the the seals and stuff uh, treated. But if you don't do it, then all of a sudden you, you drive a vehicle and you're six years, seven years down the road, and you've never changed your brake fluid. And then you go in and you've got bad brakes and you've got sticky calipers and you've got everything that goes with it. And then you wind up with about a $1,500, $1,600 brake job. 
And what you should be asking is, what could I have done to prevent this? One is driving habits. That's big. And Parnelli, I used to call my daughter uh, Parnelli Pomeroy. And because she would drive down the road, she would approach a stop sign, and she would lock it down. I mean, she'd just stand on the binders. She used to come in from college, and we'd look at her brakes. We inspected her brakes because we knew how she drove. And for some reason, I guess they thought that you can make up more speed by speeding up and locking it down than you can if you just roll up to the stop sign and give your brakes a breather. But we replaced the rotors on her little Ford truck two times while she was in college. And I'm going, they were blue, they were warped, they're not as heavy as the others. And then we've seen stuff come in the shop. I went out and looked at it, and it was a one-ton Ford F-350, and the brake caliper, uh, the brake rotor, the only thing it was holding it on is the eight lug nuts up front. Everything else was blown away. And during the racket you ever heard in your life, and I asked a guy that driving me, I said, didn't you hear this? Oh, it started squeaking here a while back, and, you know, but... I'm kind of hard of hearing, so I just turned the radio up so he can hear the radio. Well, he didn't hear the brakes as they went completely apart. That thing was, and I mean, that's a 17-inch rotor, and it was it was gone. I mean, it was just destroyed. And then we've seen them where you pull them off, and they're they're down to razor thin. And so you have to take care of your brake. The brakes need to be serviced. The slides on the brake calipers need to be serviced. The fluid needs to be changed. And it needs to be done because that is a safety factor. Now, I kind of jokingly say, if you don't take care of your brakes, you better pick something cheap to hit. You know, and unfortunately, you don't have a bunch of bell of haze that you can pull off the side of the road and run into to stop you. So, you know, you want to use your brakes, not the person in front of you. Because they'll be sitting in the road. And another little thing on rear end collisions, when you hit your brakes and you're driving, when somebody hits you in the back end of your vehicle while you're on the brakes, it pulls the, it pulls the body towards the back. It pulls your foot up off of the brake. And that's when you hit the guy in front of you before you can get back to pushing the brake again. So it goes. Rear end collision, your head and body goes to the back of the seat, your foot comes up off the brake because your whole body transfers, and then by the time you get back to the brake, you've got another jolt from your body going forward, and then when it stops, you go back to your normal position. So it's like a three-point hit when you do this. So keep your foot on the brake, I've been in, I have actually set my emergency brake because there was a guy coming down the road and I've watched my mirrors all the time because I've learned, I'm old, I learn. And I've set my emergency brakes probably, mm, I don't know, half a dozen times or more just because I didn't like what I was seeing coming up behind me, like driving like, uh, okay, well, I've got good brakes. Oh, really? How do you know? until you lock them down. And what happens if they don't work? But I've seen vehicles come up behind me so fast, I actually, and I was stopped. I set my emergency brake because that emergency brake is there 
when they hit you, that vehicle is going to stay. It may slide up a foot or two foot or something like that, but that emergency brake has that car locked down in that position. So, you know, you can take that information as you wish, but if you see somebody coming down the line and you see them far enough and they're running way too fast, maybe they're texting, not paying attention. Maybe that's the case. Maybe they're in a hurry. Maybe they assume that their vehicle's got better brakes on it than mine does. I don't, I don't even care. If I see them coming in too low, it don't take me that long to release emergency brake. I will set that emergency brake and then brace. Put your head back against the headrest. You don't need that snap. So for the ones of you that have pulled the headrest out of your cars on the back of the seat like you used to be able to, um, don't do it. Put that headrest back in there. And keep your head, if you if you can drive your head about an inch away from that seat, that's still enough to give you a mild concussion if they hit you hard enough. Keep the headrest up against the back of your head. If it wasn't necessary, there wouldn't be a Hans device in NASCAR. Okay? So that's that's my little safety tip for you. And that thing is that is real. So just remember. When you get in a collision, rear end collision, somebody hits you from the back, your feet will come back off. It will release the brake enough for that car to roll or move. And then you go right back to it. But that little distance there, so you go hard to the back of the seat and hard toward the steering wheels of the seat belts catch you. So, and that's, that's the reason I'm saying that for you. Just, just a little checkup from a neck up help you get around a little safer. All right. Now, we beat safety to death on the show. Oh, by the way, I have two more tickets for the NASCAR race. Uh, callers 1 and 2, 520-719-1490. It is a chilly willy. It's a two-day event. The uh, tickets that you're going to win will get you in for both days, Saturday and Sunday. I've already verified it again. We've done this over the years, and it's worked. So the tickets are about a $65 value, or it's what it used to be. It's probably up now because of COVID. And, um, but that's, that's, that's what you have offered out there. 520-719-1490, and it's for callers number one and two. And if we have one of the tickets left over from the other hour, then whoever calls in on three is going to pick that one up. So we're going to try to get you out there. They're both day races. One starts at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday. The other one starts at 2 o'clock on uh, noontime on Sunday. 1 o'clock Saturday, noon on Sunday. They're day races. The weather's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's chilly willy. It's a special event that they have. That's what kicks off the season. So for callers 1 and 2, 520-719-1490. Anybody that has anything on uh, what they've seen driving or any suggestions or anything like that that you want to add to this show or put out to the public for public knowledge, just give us a call, 520-719-1490. You'll be put online. You'll be put on the airway. We're streamed worldwide. Uh, you'll be reaching more than just the drivers in Tucson, Arizona. But trust me, if you drive in North Carolina, it's pretty much the same as Tucson, except that back there, if you've got a NASCAR race, it's turned out everybody's qualified when they go up the freeways, and they're about three feet off your bumper. But <laughs> other than that, uh, the drivers, you know, uh, it's, it's, the information is well worth it. 
okay? So information is free. It's how you use it. Keeps you out of trouble. All right, had a question uh, pop up this week again about top-tier fuels and octane, high-octane fuels. Is top-tier fuels and high-octane fuels, it's a, is it the same fuel? No, it's not. Top-tier fuels have an uh, additive package. If you go to a top-tier station, and I'm going to use Costco. Costco now is top-tier fuel. If you go in and you buy regular gas, top-tier fuel, regular gas, you have an additive, extra additive put in that regular gas. They have the additive put in your high-octane also. So you can't, if you pull into a top-tier station, you're going to get top-tier fuel, whether you buy regular, which is 86 or 87 octane, an 88 octane, or a 90 octane. Whatever you get is going to be top tier if you're at a top tier station. It's just a better blend of fuel with a higher detergent package in it. Okay? Octane, if you've got a vehicle that's designed to run on regular fuel and you put higher octane in it, uh, let's say you, you're designed to run on 86 and you want to put a 91 in it. Is it going to hurt the engine or is it going to better the engine? That's a question that's been around for a long time. Let me tell you what happens. If you have a low octane, I mean a low compression cylinder, and you put higher octane in it, it doesn't work the same as the lower octane. The burn ratio is different. The higher octane on it is designed to run a little bit longer as far as the flame. The lower octane has a quicker burst in it. So when they design these vehicles to run on low octane, run it on low octane and save you money, okay? You can run a, a, a top-tier fuel. Most of your OE manufacturers now recommend it because that's been a stickler with uh, cars coming in from overseas that uh, they say we need a better fuel to run in the U.S. And so everybody's trying to upgrade it. And OE says, hey, we need a, we need a higher, we need a higher, uh, a better fuel. And that's how the octane ratings come out. I've heard the story. The federal government put a minimum additive in a gasoline that will take care of it. And as long as you run that minimum gasoline, let me tell you something, people, that little federal government thing was done probably 40 years ago. That's when they wrote the regulations. Everything in an engine has changed in 40 years. So you need the extra additive. Go ahead and do the extra additive until everybody catches up, Till the federal government catches up and says, oh, we need to, we need to increase all this uh, additives in this fuel to protect the valves, to protect the injector system, to keep it cleaner. Uh, better combustion, complete combustion, and better fuel economy, more efficiency. And they're working on it, but they've got the cars to do it. Now if we can get the gasoline to do it, we'll be better off. I noticed a uh, car ad that i seen on uh, one of the websites, and they showed a picture of the dash. The car was getting 41 mile per gallon, what they were showing was a mileage, and I looked at the mileage, and I looked at it had the fuel economy displayed right beside it, and this is off of a photo, 
and it's 41 mile per gallon. And it wasn't an electric car or anything like that. It was just a regular little gas saver, like that you can get at Lynn's Auto Brokers anytime you want. They've got them down there. And oh, by the way, that's uh, 2101 North Stone Avenue, LensAutoBrokerage.com. LensAutoBrokerage.com. If you want to kick a tire, go down there and kick a tire. If you're looking for an RV, a trailer pull behind, or a toy hauler, or something like that, go to DesertRV.com. And you can check out, see what they've got. Websites are easy to negotiate, and you can find that gas miser, or you can find a diesel. If you can find a, uh, you can find gas burner trucks, diesel trucks, Jeeps out the wazoo, uh, and all the little cars for every make and model that your little heart desires. And also, if you're looking for a specific vehicle, and you don't want to go through the hassles. Just call them up and tell them what you're looking for. Tell them the price range that you're looking at. Tell them what you're looking for and let them do the work and let them call you when they find something. They go to the big auctions every week and they got different grades of auction that they go to out there. They, I mean, it's all in one place. But you've got the Class A cars, which means they've already been pre-inspected. They're guaranteed. Uh, when you buy that vehicle, you've got a guarantee that comes with it, and it just it works better for you. But let them do the work. No, I, I, hey, I've I bought vehicles and bought vehicles and bought vehicles, and it's a heck of a lot easier if you can find somebody that will do the, do the grunt work for you, and then they know what price range you're dealing with, and so the process is cut down by about 80% of the time you're going to be spent sitting there in a the dealership negotiating for five hours. And it just, it works a lot better. So Lens Auto Brokerage, lensautobrokerage.com. If you need a new vehicle, they can find you a new vehicle. So, you know, that's, that's one thing you can do. And don't forget to check on the warranties on these vehicles when you're buying a warranty. Uh, if you pay $30,000 for a used vehicle, you might want to make sure that you've got a little bit of coverage on that because you're probably going to be anywhere from about 40,000 to 102, 103,000 miles on a the vehicle. They have uh, warranty programs that covers everything. I know I bought a Honda with 112,000 miles on it, and then I spent almost two, I uh, did spend $2,000 more getting the engine, transmission, dual air conditioning covered. The rest of the brakes and all that crap I can do myself. But, the rest of the stuff I want covered. Spent the money. Peace of mind driving. Peace of mind knowing that if something happens, I'm covered. So that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, let's go to Emil. Good morning, Emil. Good morning, Emilio. Uh, uh, this is Emilio, yeah. Hey, I need to talk to Super yes. Sunday Jim Moody. Super Saturday, what's he called? Yeah, go ahead. You got Saturday. it, Jim Mooney. Super okay. safe. Hey, listen, I got a, I got a vehicle I need towed. Uh, I guess Robert Parker. I've been able to do that forever. I got a bumped up knee and I can't drive it, but I, I can, you know, hadn't driven it for a year and a half. Put it that way. So I got to have it like uh, like uh, uh, Simmons said there. Okay. It's probably a good idea to drain the gas and put a motor back in it and. At least change the uh, water on the, on the radiator. But here's the situation, Jim Moody. Uh, 
It's got a low tire. Do you, get, do you carry compressor in your truck to air up some tires? Yeah, our trucks have air on them. Our trucks are air right. Okay. They have air on well, them. I'll call you sometime probably Monday and uh, to figure out uh, what do you charge to drive from uh, Palo Verde Avenue uh, right by 22nd Albert on by the Reed Park entrance Park? Uh, to Parker. To Parker? I'd have to look up the price for you. Call me on Monday. I'll see if we can hook you up with a deal. Yeah, okay. We can do that. As long as you got a, a compressor. And, uh, one guy, uh, yeah, we can... I, I called Parmers, and here's what they did. They sold my rear wheels one day, and he didn't. He was going to drag that thing all the way to the where to, to have, get it fixed. And he says, uh, don't worry about it. The insurance will pay for it. Yeah, after I pay the deductible. So I, I, I told him to go, you know, go uh, pound sand, and I got somebody else. Well, I did out, went out and got my own wheels and put them in myself, you know, like my dad yeah. used to say, if nobody else can do it, do it yourself. Yeah, that's um, that's uh, the tires and wheel missing is a t- is a tough deal. That's a real tough deal. Um, and and I before somebody says, oh, it's just missing the wheels. Well. Okay, just so you know, the wheels being missing is going to make it not roll very well. So that's always yeah, an interesting well, conversation to have. So you got to always work with the rear wheels. So that, don't they have to raise the car from the rear? Or, uh, do the wheels be needed? To, 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 it's an automatic. But anyway, it, it, uh, it, I didn't like the way he come by. He, 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 he wanted to use my tools to, to do my to work on my truck. I said, that don't seem right. <laughs> oh, I need your phone number. Uh, five two zero seven four eight eleven hundred. Five two zero seven four eight one one zero zero. Seven four eight eleven hundred. Okay. Yeah, call, call and ask for me, and I'll and I'll get you hooked up. So. Okay, Jim. Uh, I think yeah, I was better yeah. about about uh your uh, you had a wreck place right for kept wreck uh beat bed up wrecks. I, I I was always getting parts for eighty. 80 Honda that I won in a raft in Casa Grande. I was going there for windows and uh, bolts and this and that. I think I met, I, I met you there. I'll, I'll see when I see you, I'll remember. Uh, that'll work. That'll work. Yeah, just give me a call or call me on Monday or whatever. Call me after the show. I'll I'll get you set up. It's 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 okay. We can we can get okay. you taken care of. Well, let me talk to so, Parker first. He's probably close today, isn't he? Probably, but uh, yeah, give him yeah, a call. Okay, well. If you if you if it if it needs fuel work because it's been sitting for a while and there's you know you probably need to get it scheduled in with him so he can you know because it's going to take more. Yeah, than I don't know. You have to drain it. I don't know if you're putting stable like uh, someone says, but it's probably too late. You got to put it in first. Uh, it, you know what? It's it's tough to know until you get it there. They can as soon as they get like you get to Jerry's shop or give it over to Scott over there at Parker. He can they can they can look at it and go okay, Emilio, this is what it's going to take. We're going to do this and this and this. This is the process we're going to go through. It's well, that's a good hard, idea. To, hard to do to it over about, the phone. Yeah, that's probably a good idea to talk. Maybe talk to Simmons. Parker might be busy. He might not have time, and I don't know. When. I'm not, I'm in a hurry, but I got to get it before the end of the, the plates are due this month. And so I got to do it this month, sometime. And knowing me, you know, yeah. I, I, would, I do everything tomorrow, mañana. You know, I'm a Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. I mean, most yeah. of it, you know. Uh, so that's you have not an uncommon good thing intention. to see come through the shop. What did you say? I didn't hear thing, you. Emilio. That's, okay. That's not Probably a good idea to get a tender, like, like Zeman says, though. 
to keep it burned because I still ain't probably going to drive it for a while. Yeah, because it's probably have to there. replace the battery for sure. And well, it's probably lots to be done. It, I guess I don't know. Uh, it's got a passive well, mission, so bring it back up. You yeah, can bring probably it up change your oil in a safe vehicle. Yeah, yeah, change your oil. Well, in it. you know it. It shouldn't be hurt that bad. It hadn't been sitting that long. We see well, them when Chevy been is a, it's a 2005, and uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Simmons was saying last week that uh, they couldn't par- find parts for a 212. So I'm, if I'm, uh, well, we'll find out. I don't want to. I want to. I don't want to uh, curse myself on something like that. Need parts, and it will be, be fixed. So after February, I guess well, the if it was, motor vehicle department give it, me some kind of break on that. To, to you know. Or good or fine, probably. For buying the lease. Well, if it if it was driving when you parked it, it'll still it's still a runner. So that's yeah, it was part. It was okay. Change the fluids in it, and then you can get it. But yeah, you can call Parker at five twenty three two three nineteen sixty. Got it. And um, you you can okay. get that information. Uh, I like your Xbox program. I listen to it every Saturday. Well, appreciate that, Emilio. God bless you. And if you want to go the if you want to go the car races, if you want to go the car races, you might want to call seven one nine four fourteen ninety. Well, and, if I can get a ride, somebody can take me with. I'm in a wheelchair, but <laughs> it's going to be hard. They've got a space out there for wheelchair. They can park yeah. it out and let you see the race, and it's a two day event. Yeah. You can go to both of them on Saturday and Sunday, or you can go to the one on Sunday. The tickets are good for it. Okay. Okay. Well, so, thanks for telling me, but uh, I don't think my son's coming over. For, I had my birthday on the February first. He's coming over with a cake and the grandkids, and you know, blah blah blah. So I probably won't oh, be able to yeah. go there. Oh yeah, that's that's worth that's worth it right there. <laughs> family first. Yeah. Okay. Especially the cute little kids. He's got he got a little redhead and a, a brown head, and they they run all over the place. And he, I got a flashlight hanging. I got my stroller or walker. And they always want to play with them, you know, and they're terrible part and well, stuff, you know. But yeah. a couple of years old, the other one and a half, so they like to, you know, That's and, right. look at everything and, that'll and keep get you, into everything. That'll keep you wheelchair moving. That'll keep you wheelchair moving. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, whatever she was the other day, because she was sitting, in the, you know, sitting on the sofa there, and she tripped on the, the, the pillow, and she went to turn the light on. She tripped on the pillow and flipped a whole circle all the way up in the air. And I'm looking at her, and I said, I can't help her. And I said, oh, my God. I said, you got to help her out. And she fell on her face, you know, face forward, not her face, but on her hands. And I said, thank God. She went all the way in a circle. Scared the heck out of wow. me because we have tile in the house. We don't have carpet. And I said, "Oh man, I just, I just, just thinking what's going to happen to her." And thank God it was just, it was a full circle in the air. I mean, I never seen anything like it. Scared the holy mañanas out well, of me. I'm glad she's all right. I'm glad yeah, she's she all is. right. She's, and she just is. remember what well, I said: if you don't have good brakes on a car, pick something cheap yeah. to hit. If you're going to spin around circles <laughs> in a living room with a tile floor, well, maybe you want to land on the couch. Yeah, well, she was swallowed from the couch on the floor. It, 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 it was a scary situation, and uh, and yeah, uh, she I'm tripped on the I don't know how she tripped on the fellow that was on the sofa, where I had sat on mm-hmm. it earlier, to raise my behind end up because I have a hard time getting up, you know, off the anything lower than my knees, cause, because I got a, a 
the patella tendon busted detached right or what they call it but it ain't working yeah and uh, but uh, anyway i i was just sitting there about 10 feet from her i couldn't run over and get her or something you know or anything i just stood there and looked amazed thank god that nothing else happened okay i'll That's let right. you boys go and uh thanks for the pr- program and you haven't mentioned any phone numbers but i was waiting for uh the boat mentioned Jim Moody's number, and you never did, so I thought I'd call in. Well, well I, I'm guilty of that, time. and Jim's even more guilty because it's his number, and he should have been able to put it out. But <laughs> I uh, once again, <laughs> 520 748 1100. 520 748 1100. Well, I got it written so, down someplace, but you know, you know, uh, well, sorry, memories are the second thing that goes, and I always tell everybody, ask me right. what is and I can't tell you because I'm way past two. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. All right, Emilio. Well, you have a wonderful weekend. Be safe, and I'm glad that your wife is okay. We will you talk too. To you that, that was my granddaughter. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, interesting. 719-1490. 520-719-1490. We will talk about anything and you know, it's as long as it's a, a automotive generated, which it was, uh, anything goes. You know, things happen, and it's nice to. I mean, it's not nice, but it's you. You're not alone on this planet with things happening. So that's what I'm trying to say right there. All right, now we were talking about the top tier fuels, and there is another fuel that's coming out, 15% ethanol blend, and it's on the East Coast. I haven't found it here. But it's a 15%, and according to my brother, it's about uh, 20, 25 cents to 50 cents a gallon cheaper. And people are trying to run the 15% ethanol blend in a car that's not designed to run any blend at all. And uh, they're getting mixed, mixed. Uh, they're getting mixed mileage. They're getting mixed response on the fifteen percent. So if you've got, if you're living on the East Coast, and since we're streaming pretty much worldwide, and you get that fifteen percent, and you only buy it because it's cheaper, you have to watch your fuel economy, see if it's worth it, and also. Uh, it, if it's not designed for 15% ethanol, uh, you might want to stay away from it because it can damage some seals and stuff inside your fuel delivery system. I haven't seen it in Tucson. I've looked for it. I wanted to see what it is because I'm curious. But no. And if you have a, uh, even on your small engines with the little bit of ethanol that we have mixed in them now, they're having problems with them. They have more problems with them up in the Midwest than they do in Tucson. But if you have gasoline in your little chainsaw or your gas uh, lawnmower, when you get through in the summertime mowing the yards, of course in Tucson we can pretty much mow our yards 12 months a year. But when you get through with that, small engine like a leaf blower, anything that has a gasoline motor on it. When you get done with it, just dump the gasoline out in a container. Dump it out, get it out of the engine. It's like a boat. When you take a boat and you bring it out of the water, disconnect to shut your fuel system down, run the boat until it dies. That gets the boat, clears the lines, and gets all that garbage out. And then the next time you get ready to fire it up, 
you have a little hand pump, you can pump it, depending on what system you have. Or you have electric fuel pumps or you have a manual fuel pump. But at least when you put the gas, gas gets back to it. <coughs> if you're using stable, at least you'll have the right gas to go back in it. It won't be a clogged system. You won't have to go through the flush out system before you can even start it up. So just just be aware on the little, the blended fuels and these small engines, it does coat up. It creates a little white ball at the end of your fuel supply lines and that injects it into the or shoots it in or bleeds it into the system. And you'll have some white that'll be showing up on the inside the lines because it dries out and that's the residue. So just remember to go ahead, clean your chainsaws, dump the gas out, dump the gas out of your lawnmowers. And on the boats, by all means, make sure there's no gasoline left in that engine when you park that thing for the wintertime or for extended periods. And use stable. Just you know, put it in. It's an engine treat, uh, gasoline treatment, and it keeps the gas from uh, turning into lacquer thinner. You don't want that in there because, man, you really got a mess then. It takes a long time to get that crap out of there. All right. It, now it's, at the it's first really, hour, we it, it's go ahead. Bad. That 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 fuel the fuel coagulation is bad, and if you're running old school carburetors, um, the first thing it does is it glues oh. the needle seat to the carburetor, and I don't care what you do, you cannot get the needle seat down until you pull the carburetor apart and pull it out with a pair of pliers. It actually just so no fuel will go into the carburetor or into the bowl. And there's the white growth of, of residue, like Jerry said, and all over the all over the unit. And everything is plugged. All the jets are plugged. All the needle seats are plugged. Everything is messed up because the fuel evaporated and left the residue, just like salt water. You you take salt water mm-hmm. out, you evaporate it. What's left? Salt. And that's what you got with with um, the fuels. And it's nasty. And it won't come off. And you know. You want to talk about a, a, a day's worth of work? Yeah, clean clean that system up. So he, I can't say enough about maintaining fuel systems on stuff that sits boats. You know, the the hole in the water you dump money into. Yeah, get ready. You're gonna dump a bunch more in. Or get chainsaws. I use I like that little premix stuff. I know it's expensive, but that little premix stuff, the premium gas that comes mm-hmm. in the quart can or the gallon can, it actually has stable built yeah. in it. So. It actually helps quite a bit. I, I, for the six dollars I spend for the court, because I only burn about a quart a year, um, it's cheaper than me having to buy a new carburetor and stick on my chainsaw. So, because that's what you can do—you throw that's it away by a new right. carburetor. So, that's anyways, I, uh, I'll, I'll let you jump on to your next topic there, Jerry. All right. Uh, well, my next topic, I guess, I better uh, go ahead and acknowledge uh, a couple of the. Um, Sponsors of this program, one Merle's Automotive, who's been with me for almost as long. Well, he's been with me, I don't remember how long, probably 20, 20 years or so. But Merle's Automotive, they've got the uh, they've got the big place place on South Dodge Boulevard, but they also have a machine shop service located at 15 West Ajo. 15 West Ajo. Phone number over there is 820 uh, 4010 and they're open on the weekends and they have they have a machine shop and they'll do rotors and flywheels and drum turning stuff for the do-it-yourselfers 
And uh, Merrill's Auto, the big shop, is located on uh, South Dodge, but they have 10 locations around Tucson. You can go to Merrill'sAuto.com, and that'll give you the location the closest to you. And not only do they have excellent counter people, they have equipment, they have tools, uh, and all the additive, just about every additive that you're looking for for a car, whether it be uh, stable, uh, uh, synthetic oils, they they have it all. They're complete. They're the big boys. Understand that uh, they were bought out by the same corporation that Napa is bought out by, and you'll see a lot of the brands now from uh, coming out of uh, Merrill's that have Napa on them. And it's a good quality part. Napa's been around a long, long time. So you can get decent parts, you can get quality parts, and you can get them all from Merrill's. Merrill'sAuto.com, the location nearest you, and they've got them scattered around the state, too. they got them in Sierra Vista. <coughs> Excuse me. they got them in uh, Sierra Vista. they got them in Morency. they got them in Globe, Casa Grande, and Green Valley. And these stores make a run to the wirehouse at least once a day, depending on what the load is. They may have to make them twice, but they have delivery trucks on the road all the time. So you've got foreign, they got foreign car stuff. They got domestic car stuff. They got 18 wheeler stuff. Mostly on the 18 wheelers is just regular maintenance type things, injectors, uh, uh, the stuff that you use on 18 wheelers, the stuff that Jim buys. And so Merle's, uh, I use them. Automotive specialist uses them. Parker uses them. Uh, they're the big guys around town. They got good service, but they also run across that uh, parts. They can't sell something they can't get their hands on. What they used to be able to get a hold of, they're still able to get a hold of it, most of it. Some of the stuff that's, that was affected by COVID, uh, they're getting back up to speed now. But you still have an issue with the parts. Uh, like last week, I think, we were talking about the 2012 that you couldn't get parts for. Um, that's normally a hard part. It's normally an abnormal part. A guy called me this week at, on my cell phone and said, Jerry, I'm looking for a cold air box for a 97 Ford 7.3 Power Stroke. And he said, it blew up. I have never seen a cold air box just blow up. But he said, his did. And he said, I looked and looked and looked and looked. I've been to all the salvage yards. I've been, I called Ford. They no longer make it. They checked all the computers. Nobody has one. He says, so I picked that son of a gun up, picked up all the plastic parts. Thank goodness there were big parts that were blown apart. Glued the plastic back together. They have plastic glue. You can get that at Ace Hardware. And glued the plastic back together. And then when he got through with it, he wrapped it in duct tape to put it back functional. And I'm going, well, they do have aftermarket boxes, cold boxes and stuff like that. And he said, yeah, they want $550 for the system. And he said, I thought that was just a little extreme, just a air box. So it works for him. So duct tape is, we, we used to call it 100 mile an hour tape in racing, but the duct tape did work. He'll have to change the duct tape out because it won't withstand all the engine heat and stuff that's out over a period of time. Uh, but that's how he fixed his. So if you have one of those little problems, you might just have to go the MacGyver way. You're going to have to figure out how to do it without the OE parts. 
But you can check with Merrill's, find out what's available, and they will help you right to, right to the nth degree. They'll help you try to locate this stuff. They are real good at that and just, you know, proud to be affiliated with them. And Napa's a good brand. Napa has good U-joints. Um, and the stuff that Simmons Drive Shaft uses, we, we use the good stuff. We get most of our stuff on the East Coast, performance-type U-joints and stuff like that, type of uh, drive shafts that we build over at shop. So Merrill's Automotive, merrillsauto.com, merrillsauto.com for your automotive parts. Uh, we've been talking about Parker. Parker's located, of course, at 5101 East Speedway. Phone number is still 520-323-1960. And they are a full-service automotive service center. Foreign, domestic, pickups, diesels. Um, they do air uh, uh, Talking to Scott, and Scott said air conditioning is coming back in. It won't stay cold for long. Now's the time. If you're going to make sure that your air is working right before the temperature gets to 100, you might want to go ahead and get it serviced or checked to make sure it is up to operating. They can check it. They can check it for leaks. They can check it to see what their prion levels are, and they'll do a, a complete check on them. You can get that done there. Front end alignments, we covered that with potholes in the first hour. Front end alignments should be done about – they should be have an alignment check at least once a year, unless you're like me and you have a misfortune to keep hitting potholes because – too much traffic, potholes are there that wasn't there two weeks ago or a month ago. And have your front ends aligned, four-wheel alignments. Uh, like I said, I don't know of any 2995 alignments again. If it is, it's just a toe-in set on the front end or something because you can't do a proper alignment unless you have the machines and stuff that reads all four wheels and tells you what each wheel is doing because it's independent suspension, you have different load factors. You have different potholes that you hit. Keep in mind, normally when you hit one with a right front tire, you hit it with a right rear tire, too, unless it turns you sideways. But uh, shocks, real critical, because you can blow a shock when you hit these potholes. You can you can bend a subframe, uh, the arms on them. Uh, there's just too many things to go along. So if you hit a pothole and it is all of a sudden it's pulling, right after you hit the pothole, and it'll show up pretty doggone immediately, uh, then don't make excuses. Say, well, the road's tilted to the right. Uh, the road's tilted to the left. Uh, first thing you want to do when you get home is check your tire pressures, make sure you still got air in the tire and you haven't ruptured something. <clears throat> but measure your tire pressures on the, on the front especially because it's pulling to one side. If you have a low tire, it will pull to one side. So go ahead and check your tire pressures first. As Brian Fuller would say, test first, don't guess. That, I proved that last week with a, a set of batteries that I thought I was going to have to replace. And I thought, eh, test first, don't guess. Drove it in, had it checked. I did not have to replace both batteries. It was me. I left the darn lights on manual instead of automatic. And when I got out, the lights are on. Well, they are until it shuts it down. Well, it didn't shut it down because it couldn't shut it down because of uh, it was on manual. So that one, I charged it five days, took it in. They checked the batteries. The batteries are 40 months old. That's the reason I was, I was so sure I was going to have to buy about $500 worth of batteries for that thing. Nope. They checked it out. Everything's good. You're good to go. 
there's nothing wrong with your batteries, okay? But I don't drive that much, near as much as I used to, so I don't have the, I don't have to work it out as hard or as long. But you do have to turn the lights off <laughs> to keep from draining the batteries. Oh, another thing for you trailer toters out there, the ones that hook it up to a horse trailer and tow once a week, unplug the trailer. Your trailer has a little uh, battery in it, and while you're sitting there, that battery is charging from the hot lead coming from your batteries on the truck. It will pull it down in two weeks, and it will pull dual batteries down. It, not only the single, but it'll pull a dual battery down too. So when you park your trailer, you're not going to use it again for a couple of weeks, unplug the batteries. I, I unplug mine every time I come in. I just unplug it. I'm, it's a habit now. But it wasn't a habit until it pulled a dual set of batteries down to the point that I couldn't charge them because they were older and it wouldn't take a charge. I put a dual set of chargers on that battery on that on my 218 diesel and left it for five days. It took five days to bring them to 100%. So that's how far they they drained down to 40%. So slow charge is the best way to do it. You think, well, I'll just I'll jump it. I'm out on the road. It battery goes dead, put a set of jumper cables on that son of a gun, we'll fire it off, and then I'll just drive it, and it'll charge back. Well, that little alternator you have in there is designed to maintain the battery in a vehicle. It's not a charger. It'll put a slow charge back in there, but you need to find out why the battery went dead. Mine was a no-brainer. I left the lights on, okay? So I stood a chance of it being good, except it was 40 months old and I didn't trust them. So that's the reason I had test first, don't guess on them. And now I'm I'm happy and it's been doing fine since I got it back. But when you do a battery change on your vehicle out there, people, please, it, you know, take it someplace and have a battery vat checker put on it. And that'll check it for the draw and the starter. That'll check it for everything. It'll check it to make sure that it is charging when it's supposed to, that the charging voltage is good. And then you'll know you've completed the job. Don't forget to service your cable ends when you pull change a battery, especially if you've got any of the white stuff on it. I've seen people, they go to the store and they buy a battery cleaner and it's a spray that you spray on the outside of the cables and it'll start eating the green out of the cables and stuff. And it's, it's, it's good. It makes you, it's a feel good thing. But most of the people, when they have the green starting to run off the cable end down to the cable, it goes inside the cable and what you'll penetrate is the outside, what you can see. It will not go in. So you have to take a little knife split the, down the cable, and you'll see the difference in size because it'll start pushing the insulation off. Split the little cable and make sure that you get your baking soda or your spray, whatever you're using to clean that cable off. Make sure it gets done on the inside and you've got no more green left because that green is just like a little cancer. It just keeps going. If you don't get it, it'll continue to eat and run those copper lines down through there. So... Just just be careful and be thorough when you do a battery. If you got a battery problem, it's something that's going to leave you setting if you don't take care of it. Guarantee it. It'll leave you setting. When you're jumping a battery, 
I put the leads on the, the dummy battery first. And then I put it on the battery that I'm charging from. And when I put the hot lead on the battery, I normally go to a ground on the engine itself instead of the ground on the battery. Go to the ground on the engine itself because it will spark. And if you've got a, something laying on top of your battery that's flammable, which all battery acid is highly combustible, uh, you can get in trouble. So keep the spark away from it. Go to the engine block away from the battery and hook up the battery last. Then you've completed your circuit. When you get through, you take just reverse the process. And be sure to keep your battery cable in separated while you're taking them apart because they will spark too. So heads up. All right. Don't forget to call. Uh, 520-719-1490 if you don't have those NASCAR tickets. If we've got one left or two left or whatever or none left, uh, you can call in and find out. 520-719-1490. That NASCAR race, or the, it is a NASCAR track, by the way. But the Chili Willy is a special event. They're going to have two days of racing in order to be a lot of fun. So... Uh, Automotive specialist, talk to Brian. Huh? All of, them, all of them are gone? Okay, thank you. Well, scratch what I just said. Um, automotive specialist, talk to Brian Fuller over there. Phone number is 572-1734 or 237-3852. Prefix is 520. Brian Fuller's place, Brian said, and it is a full-service dude, too. Diesels, trucks, cars, foreign, domestic, Corvettes. Um, and Brian has been around a long time, and he's an excellent diagnostician. He works well on the west side. So you can go to Brian Fuller's place over on uh, Ina Road if you're, a, so if you're out in that area. Um, it's at 3611 West Ina Road, and it's a, I think it's a west end of the shopping center of the Bookman's Plaza. So you can find it. If you get in there, he's behind a parts house and a uh, glass place. So uh let's see. Merle's Automotive, he's covered. I'm just doing a mental check here. Merle's then Parker Automotive, excellent shop. Simmons drive shaft. If you have a drive shaft issue, I don't care what it is. If you want to go to the pros, it's Simmons, 520-884-0217. We also have a full-service garage, so you don't have to pull the drive shaft out. We can pull it out for you. But if you want to find out if you have a drive shaft problem, and you guys are running over 100 k on your vehicles, and you've had it since new, and you haven't had those U-joints checked, and you work it like you pickups or you haul every now and then. Be sure and have your drive shaft U joints checked before you get out on the road because without that drive shaft, uh, you have some problems going down the road. That's when you'll be calling frontier towing. So, um, all right, I'm called spit, up, Jim. If you, if you spit a drive shaft out going down the road, or even a even a CV joint, which is not really like you can service them. Uh, it it makes for a long day. Uh, drive shafts that come apart can 
wreak so much damage to the vehicle. It's it's not it's unbelievable. I've seen I, I, I towed a motorhome once, a, a full size coach. It was a diesel pusher, and the uh, the drive shaft okay. came apart, and it it totaled the motorhome. It literally told the motorhome. It bent the frame on the motorhome because the drive shaft spun so hard, knocked out the floor. Mm-hmm. So, if if you don't think that they got a lot of swinging force, like an egg beater, I mean it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So, um, rear wheel drive, front wheel drive, drivetrain service. It's always good to hear. If you think it sounds like it's squeaking or clunking. Yeah, don't think it, the rate, turning the radio up is going to make it go any better because it's just not going to happen. And you, can, you know, what's the old thing? You pay me now, or you can pay me later. You know, you pay a little bit, or you can, you can pay a lot later down the road, and then you're going to be upset because you've said, "Well, you know, it's everybody's fault." Well, no, it's not. So, it's it's a that's a really tough one to do. That that drive shaft uh, drive. Drive shaft uh, um, uh, repair after the fact is is not a good deal, but no, it's anyway, very expensive. Getting, very expensive. We're getting ready to run. Uh, repair after fact is is not a good deal, but no, it's anyway, very expensive. Very expensive. We're getting ready to run out of time here, Jerry. You've done a great job yeah. today, telling everybody how uh, what to do. I really appreciate being on the show with you, Jerry. It's uh, Always, always fun and always an entertainment. And I uh, appreciate uh, Emilio for calling me. So, well, as um, long as it, I, long as they don't ban the coffee, we'll be all right, Jim. As long as they don't ban the coffee, we will be in great shape, <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> for everybody out there, all right, 